Welcome to a very special one-year anniversary episode of Carrots and Suffering. One year ago, I put a few episodes up online to see if this podcast thing was going to work, and here we are. Episode 29, with no sign of stopping. In honor of our anniversary, I give you this episode early. You can thank us back by submitting a rating and review on iTunes. Okay, last time on Carrots and Suffering. Our heroes slowly recovered from their argument. I don't know how to protect her from herself. How can something be so obvious to you and me? Jalen read the letter from her Uncle Kylan. I made one last deal to ensure you never have to. If I'm not here when you're old enough to read this, know that I changed the world for you. Jalen's brother Isaac is increasingly appearing as Jalen's new sister, Leslie. I have a gnomish pinkwig. <sighs> of course you do. <laughs> Silpha found a code in her book of poems from Lord Byron. This is interesting. I think he was borrowing some passages from this book. Maybe he has a copy of this too. Right, which leads credence to my theory that it's some kind of code. Sable spent time with Lord Mentor and his spin doctors. Uh, Cygnus Swanson yes, came I up heard with it. it. Yes, yes. It has this refrain that I really love, and the trees burnt down. <laughs> Lastly, our heroes make a plan to figure out what's going on in the Thieves' Guild. I've been told to stay away, and guess I'm going to stop doing what I'm told. I would imagine he told you to stay away again for your protection. Yeah, well, obviously Kylan's a big dummy sometimes. Okay, let's get back to it. Hi, I'm Nate, and I will be your dungeon master. I'm Sandra, I play Sable the Druid. I'm Julie, I play Silpha the Wizard. I'm Mandy, I play Jalen the Rogue. I believe when we left off, it was about noonish, and you had tentative plans to do something, and a prom- ominous promises of yet another thing that you wanted to do. I think before we leave the rope trick room, Jalen is going to ask Sable... Do you want me to try to send Isaac to go down with you tomorrow to the guild? Oh, uh, absolutely. I, I would feel safer. Yes. All right. Well, I will try to have him meet you. She'll name an intersection where, where one of the manholes is. Um, If he doesn't show up by, what, noon? How much area are we going to need to cover? I, I do need to be back to my house about an hour before sundown. One of you should probably try to get in to Kylan's room, which is where Vincent's room used to be. Right. Uh, to That's not far. See if he's doing or saying anything. The other one could spend some time in the common room to see what everybody else is saying, and I think that'll do it. All right. So, uh yeah, noon should be should should be fine. Okay. Likely I'll have Helena with me. Okay. When when it's done, do you want Isaac to bring you the information? I mean, he will be... It sounds like you're going to be busy. Yeah. Are you going to be home? Yes, I will be home. I'll be waiting to hear from him. So Jalen is going to look at Silpha and say, Can I have one of the Belladonnas? I don't think I can give that to you because it's not something you want to carry on your person. I was led to believe that even the act of opening the box is dangerous, as in it draws the attention of... Things that would not like the Belladonna to exist. What if I opened it in Isaac's room? Well, I would have to pass on the entire box to you, but 
I suppose I can do that. I have an idea. All right. Okay. So when you return later to Silpha's house, she will pull out the belladonna from where she has hidden it and give you the box. Okay. All right. So to recap, you leave the rope trick, grab the box of belladonna, hand it to Jalen, and you are all going your separate ways? I think so. Yeah. Yes. And my lantern is active this entire time. Got it. When you hit the house, it lights up because Skrix is there, just sort of staring at a spot on the wall. What you see there, Skrix? Hmm? Oh, there's a spider. Oh. Or a ladybug. Or a spider. Or a spot. Well, if it's a spider, I should like to have it. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> this is an excellent use of your time, Skrix. <laughs> Wait, I'll investigate the wall. If it is a spider, she does in fact want it. Okay. Just roll me, go ahead and roll me a d20, and high is a spider and low is a spot. It's a spider! It is a spider! Silpha takes out a vial from her component's pouch and scoops the thing into it, without batting an eye. Skrix sort of tries to keep it in view for as long as possible, so at one point he flies up in order to see it in the vial, but uh, you get a spider. Thank you. You're so helpful. Yes, well, I have to go find another spider. And Skrix will sort of grumpily walk away, deprived of his evening's entertainment. Sable, you're going home? I am. What's your plan? We've got a few things that I need to do. The first is that I would... I'm finding Freya's friend, who was with her that night. Trying to find Risa. Roll me investigate i'm not so great so that's a nine okay you don't find her she's not in the wing where you expect her to be okay well then i would ask helena hold on a second we gotta see if something else isn't afoot you don't find helena i don't find helena nope helena's supposed to be my main guard she is she wasn't with me earlier you specifically left without your guard i believe oh yeah that's right I would find a guard and ask them to find Helena. Okay, they go looking. It's going to take a long time because they don't find her. That's very distressing. In the meantime, I am going to collect the kind of items that I would expect would be worthy of nature worship. So flowers, candles, scented things. Okay. Yeah. Things that we would have had for smaller rituals. I'm sure that I've been involved in smaller rituals. They happen all the time near the near the tree groves. Yeah, so, you know, I'd gather those, but in great abundance. Okay, so you head out to find some herbs around about, about an hour of herb hunting. You have a big bundle of spiritually significant plants, and there is a small sound of two trumpets blaring, and a tiny little voice near you says, <clears throat> I look around. Presenting whistles. And Whistle says, uh, thanks, guys. Uh, Sable? Yes? I have a, an official message. Official? Yes, uh, extremely official. From? Uh, well, from the lady. I see. Well, tell me what it is. Yes. <clears throat> a contingent of her forces are in the area this evening, and they will be attending your event tomorrow night. All right, um, can you give me a sense of what I might expect? Are they planning to be part of the festivities? 
Uh, they are planning on attending. So whatever you decide are you're doing, they'll be in the crowd? All right. Did she simply say they'll be in attendance? Yes. Did she give you any reason why? Uh, they are in the area. Oh. All right. Um, if they're already in the area, it would be rude not to show some hospitality. Are they close by? I don't know the answer to that. I have not seen them myself. I am just told they're in the area and they will be attending and I was to inform you. Very well. It whistles. Mm-hmm. What kind of they are normally part of the ladies' forces? Well, it depends on what their force is for. Hunters sometimes have the, the true fey, the Eladrin, the um, sort of elves of the Feywild. They're uh, very civilized. War bands tend to have trolls, giants, other sort of fairy entities from the Feywilds. And then, of course, there's the Red Hat squads. We don't talk about those. And then the pixie contingents and the sprite soldiers. And you don't know what kind? Nope. I don't suppose you could find out. Uh, maybe. I can try, if I can find them. I'll ask the pixies. They have eyes in most places. That would be much appreciated. Indeed. I'm going to have some dinner. Is there anything you'd like? No, no, I'm fine. All right. Um, apparently someone's trumpeting. Do they want anything? Uh, don't, don't feed them. <laughs> do not, do not reward that behavior. You don't like being trumpeted? Well, here, let me show you how this works. All right, Sable, I'm about to go. And then two little trumpets go, do 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 Whistles is departing. I can see where that would be annoying. Yes, quite. Anyway, I'll see you at home. Thank you for the news. All of that stuff that I have collected is going out this evening when nobody can see me, out to wherever it is that this kind of rituals normally take place. The big ones. The, I would take it out to the place where we were under the last full moon. So the last full moon... You gathered around tree for the ritual that inducted you into the circle of the moon. But there is a ritual space. It's kind of like a meditation space that's much larger and not in the thorns. But if fairies are going to literally be there, you may want to right. go to tree. That's exactly it. Jalen. Before Jalen heads home, she's going to stop by Thalia's and buy three healing potions. Done. Okay, and then she's going to go home, and while it's still early enough to send somebody out, she's going to go back into the family storerooms, because she previously, previously she had sent Lynn a winter cloak. Yep. Uh, so now she's going to go back, and she's going to go through commission records and find Lord Pornino's glove size, and she's going to select a pair of gloves for him. Winter riding gloves, they're fur-lined, black, you know, suede, very nice gloves. Done. And she's going to package those up with a little letter. Uh, it's not very long. Okay. Dear Lord Pornino, you came to the Verathi house in the wake of the fire not to deliver unreasonable requests, bribes, or threats like everyone else in the kingdom, but rather to find your son. And further, you offered assistance to my friend Sable. I waffled on whether to write you, as we both know there are many matters in this world we will never agree upon. But we do share a love and a care for your son, and my decision to write comes from that common ground. I apologize for the part I played in causing you to worry as I invited him to join us. Regarding your presence that morning, I want you to know that I saw you and I appreciate you for a quality of goodness and decency apparently lacking in just about everyone else. Please accept these gloves with my sincere and humble thanks for the common ground we share. I snicked your size from our records of previous commissions, so they should fit you, but please let me know if they don't. Warmly, Jalen Evans. And then she's going to find that servant. Done. Give her a silver and say, please take this to the house for Nino. Absolutely, ma'am. 
And then she's going to go see if Isaac's home. Roll me a percentage dice. High is good. 93. Wow. Okay. Isaac is not only home, but like coming out of his room when you walk up down the hallway. Are you on your way out? Um, sort of. Got a minute? Yes, absolutely. In your room? Absolutely. And Isaac steps in and you again push through his fairy ward. Yep. And it sucks. Sable has offered to do some recon work on the guild tomorrow. I thought maybe the two of you could go together. Okay. She's going to be at this intersection around noon. Okay. Okay. I need to do something and give it to you to give to Kylan. Okay. It's dangerous. Okay. She pulls out the box of Belladonna and says, uh, this is a box of Belladonna. His eyes go very wide. He says, Jalen, why are you giving me a box of poison? I'm not giving you a box of poison. I'm going to roll cigarettes laced with poison that I want you to give to Kylan to give to the Rat Pack. That's a great look. (laughs) (laughs) He just froze. It's like, oh, shit. So Isaac, he doesn't stare at you. He sort of, his eyes wander around the room and finally says, they will be very upset. Yes, and hopefully they'll be very sick. Okay, I can pass these on. Okay, so she's going to get out tobacco and papers and she's she's not going to put much in there because she realizes they might detect it. So she's going to lace four cigarettes with it and bundle them up with a note she says do you have the way silpha can like make a note only readable to the recipient can you do that uh yeah yeah i don't normally do it but he walks over and flips a book open and says all right uh what what you need and pulls out a piece of paper and she will say okay give these to your compatriots do not smoke them yourself jay all right and that should convince him that i'm staying away the way that he wants me to Okay, great. He hands you the note back, and it says, pick up milk. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Um, are, I guess you and Sable can kind of talk about when you meet what you're going to do, but have you ever been down there on the full moon before? So Isaac says, well, uh, I have been down there. Um, n- normally, no, not on a full moon. I'm led to believe that once they have made good agreements with the entity they make agreements with. They don't really have to worry as much about the full moon. But until they have done that, they're very erratic and dangerous. And so anytime there's new members or anybody seems to have accidentally been bit by a rat, things get pretty scarce down there. People lock themselves in their rooms, usually. Do you think they've gone on a biting spree? Well, maybe. So I asked around... And as far as I can tell, there have been no new rats inducted into the inner circle. But I did bump into two people who had been bitten by sewer rats, and that's unusual. It's possible that Vincent had some sort of control over the rats, and they're wild now? I I don't know. She looks pretty concerned about that. She says, well, they were down two numbers. So if two more have been bitten, that's quite a coincidence. We'll do some recon tomorrow. They they might be recruiting. Okay. Thank you, Isaac. No problem. Leslie. Thank you, Leslie. Appreciate it. And then she's going to part ways with him and go to her room, and she's going to do the prep that she can do for this. She's going to go to her trunk in her room, and she's going to pull out uh, a very large, heavy roll of like heavy green canvas, and she's going to unroll it on her bed. And this has all of her birthday knives in it because she, she gets a new knife every year for her birthday. They're like exquisite. They're like 
pattern welded blades so they're beautiful the handles are like bone and ivory and rare woods and just like they're just they're gorgeous so she usually has like one or two of them on her at a time but now she's going to sharpen all of them and she's going to get out the clothes and boots and armor that's going to let her accommodate like i think she has 12 of them she's probably going to have at least eight or nine on her when she goes down there and she's also going to get out her very first set of lock picks that she got when she was very little and these are very small rods it's like she can put a rod in like each quadrant of her mouth like between her gums and her cheeks so she's going to get those out and have those ready to go okay and one other thing jalen wanted to do before bed okay post sharpening her knives she's going to take out the letter from kylan and she's going to cut out the section that talks about lady evans Mm -hmm. and burn it Sylph, anything you want to do tonight well, Sylva will spend her afternoon splitting her time between continued monster research and composing letters. She's set a couple books aside that she had intended to send to Lord Byron, one for him and one for his children. She has written a letter that says in summary that it's very difficult for a book lover to choose just one favorite book, and therefore she thinks he might enjoy one from her private collection that is about a philosophy of the practice of magic, it doesn't contain any spells, and a second book, which is Tales of Adventure for His Children. And then she will compose a second letter, clearly having been written after she decoded the book. We do a lot of writing on our downtime. Lord Byron, thank you for the exquisite composition that you sent. I confess that my taste in literature does not make me well-versed in romantic poetry, but I find your writing to have a style and parallel to some true classics. What I appreciate most is the impressive depth of meaning that comes across in your work, which I find to be lacking in so much of the genre. Something that does fascinate me about the craft of quality poetry is how different people can read the exact same lines and come away with completely different messages. The stanza in which you describe a white rose is my favorite in particular. It took my breath away and made my heart leap because, as it happens, I far prefer when roses are white, not red, for their symbolism of true love versus passion. There is a somewhat famous poem concerning the same subject. Perhaps you are familiar with it? I cannot seem to recall its provenance, but nonetheless, you bring to mind its lovely conclusion. But I give you a cream-white rosebud with a flush on its petal tips, for the love that is purest and sweetest has a kiss of desire on the lips. It has been a pleasure to make your acquaintance, and I look forward to our next conversation. Silfa Lunari. Cool. So I'll go to my mother. So your mom is, I think she's entertaining. She's got about three guests. You recognize them as sort of cousins of House Frikers. And they're uh, in, a, in a deep conversation about something very inane, like painting. Uh, when you walk in and she stands up and says, Silfa, dear, welcome to, to the study. Um, Have you met uh, Lord Wynne? And she introduces you to all three of them a pleasure to meet you gentlemen curtsy they all nod all three of them are kind of your mother's age and promptly ignore you after a polite nod but your mom will turn and say so uh did you need something mama i was wondering if you would know where lord byron might be found yes uh he and the children have a a small cottage actually in town and then they go to house mason very regularly and kind of split their time between the two. I believe he had the cottage built when he was married to get out of the house, but they don't use it much anymore. Hmm. Last I heard, I think he's in the cottage right now. 
Thank you, Mama. I'll have some letters delivered there. Good idea, dear. And she will turn and sit back down and start saying, you know, talking about perspective in, in paintings and whether or not it's more valuable to have flowers or fruit. And you are left to your own devices. So Silpha will promptly go and gather some things and then go to her room and look for scricks. You come in, look around. You don't have your lamp. There's no bulge on the bed. So that probably means they're in the windowsill. So you walk up to the windowsill and there's a shifting sound. So you found them. So without saying anything, Silpha will pause and think at my cat. Scrix, what do you think about practicing the skills of developing our bond that we talked about? Oh, you're getting good at it. I mean, it sounds like work, but I, I guess I'd be okay. What about a reconnaissance mission today? Sure. I'm up for a mission. I hope I find a spider. All right. Well, I think mostly I need you to stay invisible and eavesdrop. Done. It's what I was going to do anyway. <laughs> because when you're dealing with a cat, just make sure you're telling it to do what it's already doing. <laughs> so far, we'll go into a pantry and get some servants' clothes and go out the servants' entrance disguised as a regular servant who is not there on this day. So you slip out without a problem. You walk through the streets disguised as a servant. I need deception. It would be the most appropriate. It's a 21. Okay. With a 21, no one pays you any mind at all. So I look like Gemma, friendly, portly, middle-aged housekeeper who's got a very hedgehog-like, non-threatening aspect. Okay. You are a hedgehog woman. And I head off to that cottage. You arrive at the cottage. It doesn't take you long to get there. It's about a 15-minute walk. It's nice. It's got kind of the equivalent of a white picket fence. It's got some extra wrought iron fencing in some places. There are kind of three dogs just in the lawn. Oh, no, he's a dog person. It's got to smell the cat. <laughs> I don't think my cat smells like a regular cat. Yeah, the dogs look up at the hedgehog woman who comes in and, and then immediately go back to sort of dozing in the afternoon. You can head up to the front door. I knock. A little while later, a servant opens the door, and she says, Hi, uh, what can I do for you? Gemma is kind of breathing a little heavily, and is like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not usually a messenger, but I was asked to please deliver these books and letters to Lord Byron in person, if possible. Well, I, normally I would just take them. Um, go ahead and roll me persuasion. It's a 14. No problem. She says, oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's, he'd be happy to see you. Uh, come on in. Thank you. You follow her through. It's a modest cottage. You walk through a small living area and a, a sizable dining area and into a really cozy little study. And you can tell that this is the study where the children are allowed because there's nothing of real importance in here. There's a wooden rocking chair and a bunch of like blocks that have been strewn around and little little toys and, you know, little teddy bears and stuff. As you walk in, the, the kids are both sitting very politely in the middle of the floor, and Lord Byron is sitting in the middle of the floor also reading a children's book to them. He looks up and says, um, just a moment, children. And they go, oh. And he's like, don't, don't do that. Play with your blocks or something. Oh, well, I'm very sorry to have interrupted story time. It's an important time. We'll get back to it. And he stands up and sets the book down and says, what can I do for you? I was asked by Miss Silpha to deliver these. Oh, um, yes, absolutely. And he holds his hands out. 
and she presents the books and the letters. Thank you. And he reaches into his pocket and pulls out a silver coin and hands it to you. Uh, thank you. I was told to wait a bit if you had a response. Oh, um, just a moment. Um, this way. And he heads out and just nods at the servant who, who nods back and she steps in and picks up the children's book again. And you go into a, a much more study study. This is clearly the place of business. It is filled with ledgers. There are several bookshelves. There's really no place for anyone to sit in here except for a desk and a chair. He walks over to the desk and sets stuff down and pulls out the letters and reads through them. Are they illusory script letters or are they just straightforward letters? They are both concealed in illusory script. I think if a person were to peek at either of them, one says, it's very rude to snoop. And the other says, don't read other people's correspondences, fuckwit. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Which would be great if his kids find them. Well, <laughs> they're gonna learn. good news. They're gonna learn, what is fuckwit, Dad? <laughs> they can't read yet. It's fine. <laughs> so yeah, he, he reads through both letters and then says, oh, lovely. Um, Yes. And he pulls out a piece of paper and starts writing. He jots down just a small note. And then you'll see him stop and kind of walk over and open a book from one of the bookshelves and look through it for a second and then close it and walk back and kind of crumple up that version of the note and write a new one. And then he hands it over to you. I want to pay attention what book he was grabbing and what his reaction and reading the letters was. So insight is his reaction. Investigate would get you the stuff in the book. So let's do insight first. Okay. <laughs> Four plus three. It's a seven. Seven. He's inscrutable. <laughs> His back is to you most of the time that he's doing this, and you don't you don't really get a good read. He doesn't seem like overjoyed, but he seemed very engaged. And then investigate. That's a ten. A ten. You know, the book he opened has a Mason family sigil on the binding, and based on how he rewrote it, it's probably a code, but like you didn't get enough visibility into figuring out what the code was or what he decoded or anything does scrix notice anything oh good question scrix yeah so as you're leaving you'll get a little telepathic connection with with scrix tells you oh man he's got a good little code book over here all of his little codes it looks like he wrote them himself it's really adorable I think another thing that Gemma does is kind of chatter in a very friendly way. And she will, like, peer at him while he's reading the letters in a noticeable way. Miss Silva has never sent books to anyone who was a suitor of hers. You must have made a good impression. He will turn around and, and smile and say, um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm not one to gossip, but she made a good impression as well. I'm hoping that... Uh... We can keep this going for a while. Um, I do would appreciate it if you didn't repeat any of that, though. It's, uh, you know, these early courtings. You, you never know how it's going to turn out. Oh, of, of course. I probably shouldn't say this either, but I would tell you that the family is quite pleased. Miss Silfa, ever since she got her heart broken by that bard she was courting, has been just absolutely intractable on the issue of marriage. She's outright rejected nearly every suitor her mother has put in front of her. Lord Byron kind of looks at her and says, well, I, <clears throat> my mother has been very involved in this, and she is a woman who gets her way, uh, but I'm, I'm hoping Silpha sees the, the positives. I, I certainly do. I, I was very skeptical initially, um, but, uh, you know, I think this could really work. Well, I, I would have one word of warning about Miss Silpha that you should know. Um, okay. 
The girl seems to have inherited her father's sense of humor. It's it's terrible. Like just the other night, the family was seated at dinner. I was washing up the dishes. It's fish, right? And Mr. Lunari sits down and he says, I was thinking of putting these fish guts into a pie, but that would be cod awful. And she's like, oh, Papa, your jokes just send me reeling. <laughs> and it continued on and on and on. It did not stop. Like, if you can think of a better joke, let me know. And Lord Byron comes up with a whole new code system. <laughs> oh, Papa, you better lay off the fish jokes before Mama finishes us both. Wow, this this roll off off your brain, don't they, Julie? I think Lord Byron g- gives her this kind of stone faced look for a moment, and then you can see his his lip curl up noticeably as his sort of snickers under his breath for a little while, <laughs> and then he says, "Yeah, finish." I don't remember that one. When the kids get a little older, this is going to be great. Um, uh, Can I show you to the door? And he will take the lead, walk you through the cozy cottage to the door, open up the door, and give you a a very curt, polite bow. I will have Scrix remain behind for a couple minutes. Okay, sure. Your telepathic connection tells you that he basically turns around, uh, heads right back into the study. The you-gather-only servant in the place is struggling to keep the children's attention. And when he sits down, they get very excited and plop down and get ready for him to read. At which point he starts doing funny voices as he reads. And the kids (laughs) seem to absolutely enjoy it. Uh Uh-oh, Sylpha just fell in love. (laughs) The maid, for her part, maid might not be the right title for this particular servant, but she will stride out and go back to doing something in the kitchen. Then Scrix finds a spider and eats it, and lets himself out a window, and catches up to you. That's so fucking cute. Sofa is pleased with what she has (laughs) observed. (laughs) Mission well accomplished. (laughs) So the letter Sofa gets back is only about four sentences, and it's thank you very much. I will prepare a proper list of my favorite titles soon. Please expect a correspondence from me in the near future. And you realize that some of the letters are just tiny bit bigger than the other ones as if he'd written them first when he was writing the letter or the word uh, individually and if you unscramble those later you you will find a very simple little code that says i'm pleased another and uh whatever that means so sable it is basically dark Champion Mordant, I believe is his name, your night guard, shows up, and he basically says, where's Helena? Uh, I would like to know that myself. Uh, She didn't check in. She normally does a formal handoff, tells me what happened. I haven't seen her since I left this morning. That is out of character. That is very out of character. I'm troubled. Um, hmm. Well, it's getting late. I don't think there's anything we can do about it. And her propensity to turn into animals means she could literally be anywhere. They find any trouble in her chambers? No, no, she's just not here. If she's not here by morning, we need to send someone looking for her. Absolutely. Anyway, I will get on the rounds. And he starts his usual walking all the halls and then the exterior. Okay. The only other thing I'm going to do is use detect magic to see how many fey are in my room when I go to sleep. When you walk in, there are three pixies in your room, and then there's a source of magic coming from the little apartment up in your rafters. You're guessing that is whistles. As you're getting ready for bed, Whistles will come down and say, Oh, um, you, uh, bring the gift. And a little sparkle of glitter kind of 
rains down on your bed for a second. And then <laughs> better a, not be fairy poop. <laughs> a pixie appears holding a large marble, which it's holding kind of in two hands, and it sets it down on your bed and then sort of wiggles his fingers and it grows to about the size of a large softball, and it is a glass orb. Okay. And then the pixie disappears and whistles from up in the rafters, says, uh, that's a gift. I believe it, she described it as a uh, orb of mirrors. It's, uh, well, I, I guess I don't really know how it works, but um, I'm told that you should take it to the ritual tomorrow and that uh, it will allow people who can't be there to attend, I guess. Interesting. How does it work? Well, I don't actually have an answer to that. Um, he uh, flutters down on little wings. And I'm sure it shows his magic. Is very visible. Oh yeah, no, it's yeah. it's it is very magical. Yeah, it is divination magic. Okay, which is the magic of learning things or seeing things at a distance. And he sits next to it and says, "Um, hmm, um," and he kind of pushes it around a little bit and goes, "Oh, oh, here we go, here we go. Um, okay, here, look, look into it." And when you look into this glass orb, in the middle of it, you see a very small kind of square room. And then as you focus on it, it grows until the orb is basically a view from inside this room of the room itself. And it is a massive kind of granite and marble ballroom, only like around, wrapped around all of the pillars of granite and the floor of marble is just like ivy. In mm -hmm. every direction. Um, the leaves are, are in various states of sort of oranges and browns and reds and purples. Is it fall right now? It is fall right now. There is nothing outside in Fenrir that looks like this. Okay. But I just see that room. That's all I That's see. That's it. There's nobody in it. Okay. Well, I stopped focusing on it. It gets smaller and smaller, and then you are holding an orb. Okay. Uh, I say thank you. Yes. Well, um, I'm told this will ensure that, uh, quote, everyone is present, end quote. Thank you, Whistles. I'm sorry. It has been a long day. You're welcome. And there's a spray of glitter as Whistles floats back up to his apartment. <laughs> All right. I'm going to find some container I can put this thing in. Okay. All right. Sable, you are done with your morning tree ritual. What are you doing next? I want to find out if Helena is around. Has anyone found her? Rolling the dice to see how it went. She is not around. She does not appear in the morning, Mordant. Sends people to try to look for her That's in town. Right. Yep. So this is now officially alarm. Done. So the next thing that I need to do is they're going to want me to show up in the morning and talk about lumber stuff. So I want to inform the family of the plans that Lord Mentor and I have made. You get that morning probably some tersely worded mail back. Lord uh, Drury goes so far as to say, I am the one who decides how much wood I do and do not need. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, that's probably what you get. Yeah, uh, I will hold back from writing him, considering the fact that magic is making your goddamn wood. You can take it how I give it. <laughs> <laughs> so I know the thorns are growing faster, so we still have need of that, of people taking care of the thorns. Yep. So I'm going to make sure that that is handled. Okay. And then I'm going to see if there's any other business that we need to talk about. There is business you need to talk about. So there's a bunch of basically lumber folks waiting in the den by the time you get back trying to figure out which set of carpenters gets which bit of lumber first. 
So when you get to your study, there's already shouting started between the carpenters and the couple of lumber mill people. And I believe Gretchen is in there trying to keep the peace, and it's not going great. All right, well, I'll walk into the middle of them. Okay. What happens? They are shouting at each other. Yeah. Uh, They're not treating you like an authority figure. I'll look at them all and say, this is rude. Roll me persuasion. 17, 18, 19, 20. Not bad at all. They sort of clam up, and then they're, they're sorry. Tensions were heated. Have a seat. And they sit down. Thank you. And I'll have Gretchen go through things with me. All right. So basically, Gretchen pulls out a bunch of orders from the mm -hmm. carpenters and sets them down. You can tell a bunch of them have been recently changed. Mm -hmm. Everybody's doubled the amount of lumber they were originally asking for. Of course they have. And she'll basically walk you through, like, okay, a project of this size usually asks for about this much lumber. This is double that. What would you like to do? We'll give them what standard for this. So you spend basically your whole morning. Yep. And it's going to be, everything's going to be, everybody gets the standard. I'm not going to let anybody totally gouge anybody else okay. on this. Um, no one's happy. And basically as they're leaving, you can hear them still yelling and arguing as they yeah. get onto the road to go back to town. That's fine. They can argue all they want. I've got other things to worry about right now. But that's my morning. Yep. Lovely. Okay, well, I gotta head into town. Okay, you head into town. It's time for the mid-roll. Today's animal facts are brought to you by sex changes. There are several species that can change their biological sex. In the first group are fish, most notably the clownfish, which are the brightly colored ones that are featured in things like Finding Nemo. They tend to school in large groups of females with one male. If the male is absent, the female undergoes a massive hormonal shift, transforming their ovaries into testes in about a week. There are other types of fish that do this too, including eels and gobies. The wrasfish, another brightly colored fish, is very flexible, where the largest one generally becomes a male, while the smaller ones become female. In fact, if you take two males and put them in a tank by themselves, the smaller one will become female. Some species of coral can change sex, most notably the mushroom coral. Natural sex changes have also been identified in frogs, like the reed frog of West Africa. Certain human pesticide use has been noted to force sex changes in several species of frogs. Chickens can sometimes undergo natural sex changes. Chickens in the egg have one ovary while they're forming, and a second thing that could become an ovary or a testy or both, commonly based on the temperature that the egg and the animal experience as they grow. Lastly, there's a wide variety in humans. Humans can be born appearing as partially, mostly, or completely one sex, and due to atypical hormone changes, develop as the opposite sex. Now, there are surgeries and therapies for humans whose biology doesn't match their gender, but this mid-roll is actually about animal superpowers, and surprisingly, for many of us to learn, including myself, humans have this particular animal superpower. Jalen, how's your morning? Jalen's going to get up early, and she's going to head into town with the box of belladonna to give back to Silpha. I mean, first thing, she knows Silpha's worried about it. So, okay. so she's going to knock on the Lunari door softly because they don't get up early. I suppose that's true. My mother isn't an early riser. I think Silpha is Well, I guess, I mean, it takes her like an hour to get to town or so, right? So, I mean, yeah, it's not if like... If you're there by nine, Silpha is awake puttering around. But when you knock, there's uh, like a... A weird thumping noise and the door swings open and there's nobody there. Jalen kind of looks left, looks right. Scrix? 
Yeah. I figured out how to open the door. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, aren't you clever? Sylpha home? Sure, come on in. Where can I find her? Sylpha, you get a telepathic, like, hey, 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 come downstairs. At this point, (laughs) Sylpha is already awake and dressed for the day. She's in the study. Yeah, no, I I think that doesn't change the message at all. (laughs) Squix, who is it? Jalen. Oh, okay. You could have just said Jalen's here. I I did. I did just say that. No, you said get down here. Yeah, so? (laughs) What's the diff, lady? (laughs) Very different information, Skrix. Fine, fine, fine. What if it was somebody I didn't want to see? I'll tell you when Cygnus Watson shows up. Sofa will will start heading downstairs. Okay. Jalen will hand her the box back and say, I only used a little. She'll beckon you up into the study and start messaging with you. My understanding was it was three doses. Did you give it to someone? I gave it to Isaac Leslie. Why? Were they bitten? No. <laughs> they were a delivery person. She arches an eyebrow. So you put it in something? Yes. She's like, I, I rolled some smokes for Kylan to give to them. Hopefully before the moon rises. I hope that's enough to cure them and not just piss oh, them I'm off. I'm not going to cure them. I'm trying to make them sick. Well, that'd probably do it. <laughs> I need to go home and wait for Isaac to get back to tell me what he found out. I was wondering if you would come to my house because we should probably lay out plans in his room. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Let me gather some things. Okay. I'll see you in a bit. All right. You gather your things up and head to House Evans, yes? Yes. Okay. Sable, you were supposed to meet Isaac at a street corner? Mm hmm. Okay. Right around noon. So when you arrive. There is a ratty-looking dude with a bizarre little hair clip. All right. Waiting at that corner for you. I'm going to tilt my head at the bizarre little hair clip. Fancy meeting you here. Yes. Good to see you, Sable. Are we doing this now or yeah, what? Yeah, you got room in a pocket? Always. All right. We're looking for Kylan, correct? Uh, Not quite. We're trying to figure out what the hell's going on down here, so uh, we'll just uh, try to get the scuttlebutt. Great. Let's scuttle some butt. I'm going to wait until nobody's looking and turn into a rat. So you're kind of in a side alley. He'll, in in his ratty-looking dude form, pick you up and drop you in his pocket and then climb into the sewer. So he'll walk into the Thieves' Guild. He does a fist bump with the thief that's guarding the door. Mm-hmm. Says, anything going on? And they're like, no. And roll me perception. 19. 19, okay. So the guy who is guarding the door has a bandage on his hand. Smell like blood? No, not at the moment. Does he smell funny? I mean, I mean probably. He smells like a man in a sewer. Yeah. Okay. And you head into the Thieves' Guild. Uh, you pass a couple of people on the way. Roll me perception. Oh, that time I was too distracted by whatever was in his pocket. Okie dokie. Because I rolled a two. So Great. unless a six is going to get me something. Yeah, one of them looks at you, you duck. You don't actually get to see any of the rest of the group. Okay. He heads into the common area, sits down, pulls out the deck of cards, and starts sets up a solitaire game. And about halfway through setting it up, someone sits down and says, no, 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 we're playing a real game. And starts to deal in a couple of people. You are at a, uh, a card game playing poker with about four guys, or rather two guys and two gals, in the Thieves' Guild. Go ahead and roll me a perception. Okay. I also want to see if I can sneak away at some point. Oh, that was terrible. Okay. You I rolled a one. Sneak away. Roll me sneak. It's a nine. 
Okay, you climb down out of Isaac's pocket, start walking across the floor. Someone comes in and sees a rat scuttling along the wall. Normally, rats are a, a pretty common sight here. However, they seem startled by you. Okay. And kind of step back and I you give me a advantaged deception check to be oh, a rat. Okay. So that one was an 11, which would be a 13, and the other one is 11, so it's a 13. Okay, okay, it eyes you. You, you continue on your way, doesn't follow you or pursue you or anything, but this is not the reaction you would have expected at all. Yeah, it's eyeing me. Yeah. All right, I'm going to disappear behind something and stay there for a little bit. Okay. Listening in on what's going on. All right, roll me investigate. God, so many rolls. At least that. So that one is 18. All right. So you spend a good hour or two mm -hmm. watching people move through the halls. Mm -hmm. At the end of about two hours, you can conclude that just about everybody you see has a fresh bandage, either on a foot, a hand, or an arm. Fuck. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Oh, God. You also conclude that they all seem to be a little bit afraid of rats right now. Yeah, for obvious reasons, because oh, rats have been biting them. So also, you know, do I hear anything interesting in that time period? Yeah, there's a, there's some kind of like party tonight that everybody's invited to. It's gonna, in the main room? Uh, no, hall? it's not in the Thieves Guild. You gather that much. Okay. They just keep referring to they're going to meet at a place. Okay. But they don't say what it is? You don't speak Thieves Camp. That's right. They probably did say what it was yeah, several yeah, yeah, times. Yeah. Okay, so I've only been rat for a couple of hours. Yeah. I wanted... Like two. You've got three more I left. need to sneak off to Kylan's room. Okay. You slip into Kylan's room. Uh -huh. It is actually Vincent's room. Yeah. You find Kylan sharpening a knife. It's a very pretty knife. It's got some kind of ivory hilt. It's got like a bunch of fancy filigree engravings and mm -hmm. some, some silver tip on it. So I'll hang out here. And watch Kylan and see what's going on. So, yeah, Kylan spends a great deal of time sort of sharpening this knife and then uh, kind of gift wraps it and puts it in a box and sets it on this little chest. Aww. And then uh, he goes and... In case you're wondering, those of you who are listening, that was the sound of uh, Mandy and Julie showing their hearts being ripped out and swoes. And wrung out on the table. Yeah. By the DM. <laughs> uh -huh. So Kylan is poring over some maps when there's a knock at his door and in walks Isaac in, in his rat form. Kylan looks up and says, that better not be Isaac. <laughs> which, which if it wasn't Isaac, the guy would be like, the fuck? <laughs> Isaac rat raises an eyebrow and says, what if it is? And he says, I specifically told your sister that we were not supposed to be down here today or tomorrow and he says oh she didn't say anything to me although she did send this for you and he pulls out a uh, cigarette case and hands it over and he picks it up pops it open looks at it she says uh and this note and he reads the note and looks kind of confused um he sniffs at it a little bit and then immediately recoils and holds the uh cigarette pouch by kind of two fingers way out away from his head and says okay clever little girl tell her i said thank you message delivered and isaac turns to leave and is looking around like where the fuck is that rat oh well as soon as they get outside the door i'll squeak he'll pick you up and put you in his pocket and 
start walking out. All right. I'm just kind of keeping an eye as we go. When he gets out of the sewer, Isaac says, Um, well, there's some kind of party tonight. That's weird. Yeah, I disappear into an alley, change back into myself, and say, Every single person down there has a bite or, you know, some sort of wound on an ankle and a finger. That's not good at all. Yeah. And they were kind of nervous about me. You need to go find Jalen right now. Okay. And he turns into Isaac and then starts striding as uh, the young Lord s- Evans down the street. See you later. Yeah, I don't think Isaac responds. I think he's <laughs> gone. People are trying to get out of his way. Mm-hmm. We're good. So I gave him all the information that I have. I hate doing it this way, but I have to go home. Okay. Jalen and Silpha. I think we're hanging out in Jalen's room, probably. Okay. Yeah, Jalen's doing some more weapon prep stuff. She's checking her crossbow. She's oiling her armor. Do you want to do anything in the two hours it takes for Isaac to get back? She, she'll, like, cover a few things with Silpha, like, you know, obviously we can't make a plan until, you know, we get the information we need. But can you, like, do that temporary silvering thing on everybody's weapons? Not on everyone's, but... Some people's. At least yours. Well, I tend to use magic. The things that are effective against fighting creatures like those are magic and silver. Got a couple extra birthday knives. Do you want a couple, just in case? I got Grandma B's dagger. I'm alright. I bought some more healing potions today. I was going to make sure Isaac had one, and then I've got one, you've got one, and then I've got one for Kylan. Alright. There's a knock on your door. All right, she'll go to the door. When you swing it open, Isaac is standing there. It says, um, and just tilts his head, nods this way. Can I bring Silpha? Please. This way, Silpha. We're going to his room? Yes. Silpha <laughs> shifts like, her appearance. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so that Silpha Lunari is not seen going into Isaac Evans' room. <laughs> Done. <laughs> It's funny, because at House Evans, nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> the servants might like to gossip. That's true. They will That's probably true. sell that information. Yeah. So, <laughs> Jalen and an unknown servant walk into Isaac's room. You, again, push through the fairy ward. He closes the door and says, I have really bad news. What? Is Kylan okay? Kylan's fine. Kylan's fine. Um, as far as I can tell, everyone down there has been bitten. Everyone? By uh, loose rats in the sewers, from the sound of it. Um, she her her eyes go wide and her her lips part, and she just sort of like gets this distant look in her eyes for a second. As far as I can tell, none of none of them none of them knows what that seem to know what that means. They're just they're just bitten. Oh shit! She gets she starts pacing. There's some kind of get together tonight at a barn on the southwest side. Oh my god. Any significance to Southwest Side? You don't really need to roll. I mean, so it's a stray barn that probably isn't on any particular lord's property, but it would be up against the Evans estate. Wait, they're coming to the barn that's like right here? Yeah. Yeah, about about a 30 minute walk from here. Holy shit. Holy shit. They're they're going to attack the house. They're they're going to swear them all in and then they're going to attack the house. Maybe. That might be a thing. Isaac starts pacing and, and looking around. And Jalen's pacing. Itself is also pacing. You have three people <laughs> three, pacing three around this room. Occasionally we all collide. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Isaac, what do we do? I 
I was thinking like we would be fighting four of them down in the sewers. This is is Kylan going to this party too? Oh, we should have nipped it. I in, but... didn't ask him if he was going to this party too. Did you give him? Yeah. Did he react? Uh, yeah. He he held them out away from his nose and um said thank you. Well, I I'll take ideas if anybody has them. We 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 need to get your father away from here. They're gonna. You're right. We need to get Lord Evans somewhere. And specific. we need to get the champions. We need to let them know that something's happening tonight. We should or... arm everyone that we know with silver weapons. I will spread the word. I think Father could either be here, in this room. He'd probably be safe in this room. Well, I think we'd all be safe in this room, but I'm worried about Kylan. So what do you want to do about that? He's, he has a bad eye as a rat. I think that might be the only real way to tell him apart from the others. Okay. Okay. Well, good. We can we can spot him. Here's the thing, though. I don't. They they can't swear them in, though. Why not? Well, because then they couldn't attack Kylan. They're gonna throw him in the barn with them. How many do you think? I mean, how many did you see? Thieves Guild has about sixteen members. I saw about twelve of them while we were down there. We can probably safely assume they have all been bitten. That would mean the Fairy Queen would. Own the guild in whole, and maybe your house. Unless we kill all of them. Or cure all of them. We don't have enough to... No, we don't have enough belladonna to... Silpha begins pacing back and forth. I'll be right back. And she goes and knocks on Jessica's door. <laughs> so Jessica opens the door, and she has, like, serious bedhead, and looks like she was napping. Jalen just grabs her by the wrist and says, come on, and takes her to Isaac's room. And she sort of stumbles after you, and is sort of growling under her breath, but doesn't put up much of a fight. And you get into Isaac's room, and she steps in and makes this awful face, and it's like, God damn it, Isaac, what is wrong with your door? You awake now? Yes. We got a problem. You're gonna like this problem. Okay, great. She will briefly tell Jessica what's going on, like, outline everything they've learned and what's about to happen tonight. Jessica is staring at you slack-jawed, and then she says, they can't do this, we're- we own the fucking- They're doing it, Jessica. They're doing it. The Fairy Queen, it would seem, now owns the Thieves' Guild. We- so we need to take it back from her. No, 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 no. We own the I. I own the thieves' guild. This is a, this. I'm. Excuse me. <laughs> and she storms out of the door, slamming it behind her. She'll be back in a second. So she'll say, "I." So lycanthropy question: On the full moon, do they lose control? Like even the ones who are sworn into the fairy queen, do they lose control? No, the ones who are sworn to the, to the Fairy Queen specifically don't lose control. They've negotiated for that, but the ones that aren't sworn in would be would be wild. They would be. But we don't have to worry about Kylan turning into a mindless no. rat. No, no, okay. no, no, he'll be fine. As will the other two that yes. are still alive. Okay, could they be contained in a space that large? Isaac says, "Well, they can turn into rats, nearly indestructible rat people." or maintain their human forms, of which they are thieves. I don't think we can contain them in anything unless you've got some kind of stone bunker somewhere. I meant like a magic circle. Oh! I don't know that we could get them all in the same ten foot of space, but if we could get them in something, we could block the door with a magic circle. Yeah, I don't think I could make a magic circle last all night, though. Can you do more than one magic circle at a time? No. I I mean, I can do one, but I can do them in succession, but... They, you know, they don't last a great amount of time. Jalen's like putting her, her head in her hands, like trying to think. 
How many champions does House Evans have? Most houses have about 20. House Evans actually doesn't have as many because you are the lowest ranked house. Right. But House Evans keeps about 12. Would they have silvered weapons? Do we know? Most likely no. But Isaac will say like, hey, um, all right, I know the knives in the kitchen are not the most effective weapons, but we do have like silvered steak knives. Yes, we'll use those. It might be best to do this fight here at the house. How do we get them here? Just lure them in or just I wouldn't be surprised if this is where they're coming. But probably after they've dealt with Kylan. Alright. We get Kylan here. We arm the servants with silver steak knives. We hide Dad in the circle. In in this magic in this circle. Yes. And we wait. Jessica will storm back in, armed to the teeth. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and she says, Alright, where are they? And Isaac says, they're coming here. And she says, great. I'm going to go make a barricade or something. <laughs> Does she know where to go? <laughs> and and Isaac Isaac says, hold, hold on, Jessica, hold on. And she's like, I can make plans too, you idiot. And he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let that slide. Here's what I want you to do. When they walk into the house, nothing should seem out of the ordinary. And then you jump them. And she's kind of like, I could hide in a curtain. And he's like, good, hide in the curtains. <laughs> All right, how do we get Kylan to come here? That I can handle. And Isaac walks over and pops his window open mm -hmm. and kind of climbs half out of it, reaches up to the roof and kind of comes down with a little birdcage. Mm. It's an empty birdcage. He sets it on his desk, pops the little door open and... Um, says a word that is not any language you know. Silpha, you know, it is a magic word. And out pops a, a little bird that just sort of appears into existence and flutters out to Isaac's hand. And then he whispers in its ear, and it takes off out the window. And he takes his little birdcage and sets it back up on the roof. This snaps Silpha out of some of her panic about the situation we will be dealing with enough to, like, make her kind of take stock of everything in his room. <laughs> oh, right, because he's got scrolls with strange seals on them and a telescope. And, <laughs> and then I'm having trouble, like, being attentive because I'm absorbing all these strange things. Yeah, Isaac basically has, like, a suite. His bed doesn't actually look slept in very much. There's a couple of things that are notable around the room. One, he's got a, a massive writing desk covered in sealed scrolls with really weird sealing sigils on them. Like a 20 for history to recognize the seals. You recognize seals from towns outside of Fenrir, and you know that those are not historic seals. They are fresh. They're new. Those are messages from towns outside of the Thorns. Also, near the window, there's this metal tube thing which is very, very interesting. It appears to have sort of glass lenses built into it. There's a large closet that's just this massive thing. One of the doors is hanging wide open, and you just see wigs and outfits just galore of every gender imaginable. And there's a little, like, there's basically a vanity that's just covered in makeup and equipment. And then bookshelves. Jalen will notice Silpha noticing these things and say, Isaac, we... Leslie, we need to get all this stuff out of sight before your father comes in here, I'm guessing. Isaac will look around at it and say, I guess we're having a conversation today. Do me a favor, just send Dad up. Alrighty, she'll go find Lord Evans. And he'll 
look at you, Silpha, and say, um, hey, Silpha, could you, um, uh, and he'll reach up and kind of adjust a hairpin, like your hairpin, and then there's a, there's actually a second one in his hair, and he'll adjust it. It's kind of, like, dark and the same color as his hair, and he'll adjust it and then shift into Leslie. Isaac is way more comfortable as Leslie than as Isaac, and so the tension leaves their shoulders. They're looking actually rather competent and almost friendly. How do I look? Great. Okay. You know, great but modest. Do I look regal? Silver reaches out to touch their arm and says, You look poised and ready to take on the world. So Leslie straightens up into absolute perfect posture of someone who has attended finishing school, but apparently was paying a lot more attention to the ladies' lessons than the men's lessons, and says, All right, you might want to just go find a study or something while I have this conversation, but thanks for your support, and Leslie will give you a hug. Give them a hug back. Leslie will open the door for you and say, um, yeah, just uh, if you spot Jessica, just keep her away for a little bit. I can do that. So you get Lord Evans. Do you tell him the shit that's going down as part of getting him? Or do you just say, hey, she, Isaac, me She too. will go into a study and close the door and sit down. I mean, usually she's like, do you have a minute? You know, la, la, la. Mm-hmm. But she will just go into a study and close, you know, is there anybody else in there but him? I think when you get in there, there's probably a servant there and he's he's dictating something and they're writing it down. And All right. Yeah. She will just walk right in and say, can you give us a minute to the servant? And she says, yes, absolutely. And sets the pen and paper down and walks out. Lord Evans, we have um, a situation. Okay. And you need to go talk to Isaac right now in his room. Uh, right now. Okay. All right. <laughs> he closes the book and stands up, and he gives you a look that is... She is probably, like, ever since Isaac told her that everybody in the guild has been bitten, her skin is just off the charts. Like, she's just turning one you're color like, after another. You're, like, another. bright yellow um, Yellow, right now. green, purple. I mean, she's, she's just, like, she's stressed out, and she's not even bothering to try to control it. He gives you a concerned look that is perhaps the most concerned you've ever seen his face. And he, he as he's walking by you, he puts a hand on your shoulder and says... Just breathe. It's going to be fine. I'll I'll breathe again when it's fine. And he, he steps out the door and walks up the steps and into Isaac's room. You hear him go, what the fuck is wrong with your door? And then the door closes. All right. Jalen's going to go find every silver knife in the house. So you go to the kitchen. There is basically drawers of fancy silverware for when you entertain guests. It doesn't happen a great amount of time, but there's silver knives forks and spoons and she's gonna take the butter knives and the uh the spoons as well and she's going i'm guessing we have like a a whetstone out oh in, God, in the dojo there are so many whetstones in this house okay you have she's gonna she's gonna go for, she's gonna Kyla grab she's gonna grab there's one hidden in a drawer <laughs> she's got one in her room but she's gonna grab jessica and silfa with this pile of silver and we're gonna get three whetstones and we're gonna sharpen every object and, oh, and the forks. We're going to sharpen the handles on the forks and the spikes. I've never sharpened a knife in my life. We're going to show you exactly how to do it. It takes a lot of work because you're sharpening something that is nowhere near the shape of a knife. Right. Yeah, we are basically reshaping all of the, except for the steak knives, which are already sharp. You know, we are sh- reshaping things into sharp objects. This is going to take a while, yeah. but you spend a few hours doing this. At one point, Leslie and Lord Evans appear at the door. <laughs> of course, we smell like burnt metal. <laughs> Lord Evans walks into three women sharpening silver sharpening all of his good silverware and Jalen long ago put her hood back so i don't know if lord evans has actually seen her head yet Uh, so (laughs) i think this place is going to the dogs
No to the rats. To the rats. No to the rats. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sylpha the perfect lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we've probably Shrek. got we've actually Shrek. probably got like the pedal wheels. Like we're we're probably yeah, actually yeah. like running. Yeah. Like there's have, sparks everywhere. Yeah, you, you have real equipment and also the small ones. Yeah. Sylpha's probably using a small one. <laughs> Jessica and I are going to work you, on the You pedal have wheels. the big pedal wheel ones, yeah. <laughs> So Lord Evan steps in and just takes the room in for a moment and then says, In the future, I would like you all to keep me better informed earlier. But thank you for bringing me into this. I have agreed with Leslie's plans, and I will be waiting up in Leslie's room. So proud of him. Yeah, (laughs) I'm so proud of him. Jalen? Yes, sir? Why did you shave your head? Because my hair doesn't change, sir. Oh, that's clever. In fact, in a minute, I'm probably going to go upstairs and shave my whole body. I'll leave you to it. Um, and it's funny because she actually says this pretty matter-of-factly. Like, she doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> so she's like, I'm going to go upstairs and shave my whole body. <laughs> so Jessica stops what she's doing and says, I am not doing that, by the way. Just not. It's not happening. <laughs> and Lord Evans says, well, good, because that doesn't make any sense, Jessica. Please continue what you're doing. And Lord Evans says, I'll send the servants in. And by servants, he means champions or actually just servants? Oh, no, I'm sending the servants in. Okay. The champions will also be in. Okay. So Laurel shows up first as the head of the champions. He has, you know, basically 12 people in tow. They each grab a sharpened butter knife. Steak knife. Steak knife. No, we did the butter knives, too. (laughs) Yeah, I think they'll grab the sharpened butter knives because they also have real swords and shit. And they'll look around at the chaos that is ensuing and are like, okay, well, we're going to set up a perimeter. I suspect they will get through the perimeter, so I'm going to have bells distributed to the servants. So ring them and we will turn around and come in to the house. At which point, servants start filing in and taking sharpened objects. A number of them twirl them in their fingers expertly. A few of them have dead-eyed stares of murderers. And you come to the realization that your servants are mostly members of the Thieves' Guild who have retired. None of them are sporting bites. No. Good. No, these are people who gave up the street life for the ritzy manor work. But you get a a real distinct impression that every damn one of them has at least sneak attack and probably a, a healthy set of murder skills. Excellent. So about a dozen guards with silvered weapons and about a dozen to a dozen and a half servants with silvered sharpened forks and spoons disappear into the manor house and it is shockingly quiet because it turns out everyone at house evans are some stealthy motherfuckers mm-hmm. imagine that jalen will look at leslie and say what are the best positions what's the plan we let them in then we ambush them we let them in and hopefully let them spread out through the house i think we've got them outnumbered two to one and so... then we can take them down in twos and threes yeah that's the plan so uh, I'm going to go ahead and leave most of the downstairs windows open so they have easy ways to get in and spread out. So everyone's going to find their own hiding places. And um, I'm going to use Laurel's bell idea. If someone rings the bell, it means they need help. That sounds great. Do you need me to do any particular stealth work? Hmm. No, I'm going to leave it to you where you want to be. Jessica, you've got your room. And she's uh, kind of gives him this weird look. And she's like, why would they come to my room? And they're like, Jessica, if you were going to kill all of the nobles, how many people are nobles? Are you saying they want to kill me? Yes, Jessica, they want to kill the house. 
I am going to kill these motherfuckers. So Jessica stands up. She's got her silvered rapier in one hand and a silvered steak knife in the other. And she stomps down the hall. You're just happy she's not trying to kill you. Yes. Are there any of my talents you would find particularly useful? Leslie smiles at you and says, I do have one thing you could do. Sylpha cocks her head. It would be nice if there was a Lord Evans in Lord Evans' study. Consider it done. Jalen will give Leslie a healing potion. Thank you. And she will also go up to Jessica's room and give her a healing potion. Kylan will come walking in. He makes it upstairs and then finds you all basically surrounded with metal shavings and says, So I got Isaac's note and scans the room and does not see Isaac and says, Where is Isaac? At which point Leslie says, I'm here and we're going with Leslie now. And Kylan has this, like, just absolute jaw-drop what-the-fuck moment, and then goes, all right, whatever. <laughs> so proud. <laughs> I'm sorry, what, what, can somebody explain to me what's going on here? And Leslie says, uh, I can. Jalen, would you like to offer something instead? Oh, because then he's going to know I know what's going he's on. Too much. <laughs> Let me sum up. <laughs> Let me sum up. We know what's about to go down in the barn and we're figuring they're gonna come here kylan raises an eyebrow and says at the drinking party at the barn yes kylan where every single member in attendance has been bitten by a rat he looks at you with a blank stare for a moment and he, he just blinks once blinks twice you would expect someone in this situation to get angry but kylan just goes blank like sociopathically blank it is much scarier than an angry person. And he says, very well, I'll be in the dojo. And he turns and walks out. Jalen will say, excuse me, and go after him. You can catch him pretty quick. Is anybody else here? No. Okay. She'll say, so Leslie thinks it's a good idea to let them in and spread out. We have all the servants and the champions armed with ad hoc silver weapons, and we outnumber them. <laughs> and then she kind of like, looks down on you. <laughs> she's sort of watching him furtively like he doesn't say anything immediately so the dojo has these kind of old school wooden flapping doors that can be opened up to let all the you know night air in mm -hmm. and he's just sort of staring out of them into the getting rapidly dark fast sort of little bit of woods that surround your house and he says oh Jalen this is going to be awful mm -hmm. you know I like these people right I know. And you look out for them. Maybe, uh, maybe make sure your sister's safe. She's going to, um, be stationed in her own room? Yeah. Well, I'm sure she can take one or two herself. I'm not leaving your side. I appreciate that. But I was referring to your other sister. I think she's going to be alright. Really? As alright as any of us are gonna be. Okay. And your friend, Silva? She's fairly capable, too. Well... It's good that you didn't befriend any shrinking violets. I wouldn't dare. And then he just quietly stares into the forest, and you can tell, like, they have deadened all emotions, and this this is the kill face. I don't know, have you seen this before? Yes. Okay. Yes, in fact, her worst memory as a child probably involved this look on his face, which hasn't come up yet. Yeah, I don't think the fight with Stinky Steve actually escalated to the point where he didn't get Kylan there. He was didn't get serious. There with that fight. Yeah, and I think the fight with the giant 
old lady creature, uh, the Anis Hag in the basement. Like it probably could have gotten there, but it, it took two rounds for her well, to like, crush he, he him within an inch of his life. To, yeah, he he nearly died. So uh, this is yeah. I think I think this, he, this doesn't come out very often. She has, but she has seen this look before once when she was like seven, and seeing it again is probably gonna give her some chills and he says well the moon's out it's a pretty night yeah so kind of join him looking out and you can see the full moon kind of crest over the top of the forest at which point there is a loud explosion as the window of isaac's room blows outward and you see a rat-like creature hurled probably 30 feet from the house through the air and goes you know slamming through the bushes and then you hear the sounds of combat from behind you in the house already and that's where we end it don't forget to rate and review us on itunes special thanks to julie at elaborate flight of fancy for our logo and todd ferguson at my pet machine for our music you can find them both on facebook Tune in next time for Midnight on the Full Moon. Let's see what happens on Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. Can you move your microphone closer to yourself? Just swallow that microphone. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) That sound is going to be horrible. Gross. (laughs) Gross. I was doing this and I can't remember why. I think I sneezed or something. And uh, the audio of it was atrocious. It hurt to listen to yeah. um, It probably shot through more than zero decibels. Uh, it did, but it was super gross sounding. It was like a, a real wet sneeze. You can hear you can hear the droplets hitting them. It was quite awful. That's sort of like when I'm at work and I'm doing dusty stuff and I have my respirator on every now and then like I have to sneeze and like I have to like run out of the room like try to get this thing on because sneezing in that thing is, is gross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's the sound I'm going to make if I ever cast the horrible tentacle spell. Look. Yeah. <laughs>